Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Happy Wednesday everybody and welcome back to the Stochastic NHL Strategy Show. I'm your host Josh Harris, we are sponsored by BetMGM. I have reset all 47 of my routers, so hopefully I don't get disconnected today. Hope everyone had a great night last night. Hopefully some of you got some rotisserie chicken. Enjoyed that. Joining me, as always, a main man in the captain's chair. Some Cliffy, how are we doing today? Oh, I wouldn't say the captain's chair. I'd say that still belongs to you, uh, but no, we're doing good. Um didn't get a lot of sleep last night. I was up watching uh, St. Louis and Seattle while finishing my Christmas wrapping. Um, got the Christmas wrapping done. Didn't get the goals from Beneers and Everly that I was looking for. So, uh, you know, sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe not good. Um, didn't cash last night, but pretty good slate of games. Um, I watched uh, the first period of that Carolina-New Jersey game. Um Old Kuchi Kochekov did his thing, um, got his shutout broken late, which kind of sucked. But, um, you know, that's the game is the game. And I watched that uh, St. Louis-Seattle game. I don't know. Like, we say it all the time on this show. The problem with the Kraken is that they do spread out the scoring. And that's something that I mentioned in our Discord this morning. You know, they scored five goals. And the only guys uh, with multi-point games were um, – Brandon Tanev and Morgan Geeky. And the only guy with the shot bonus didn't have a point. <laughs> like that's, it's just seems like the very, uh, pro, very prototypical Seattle cracking game, but to their credit, it, it helps in real life, right? Like they have, have three lines that can score maybe even four. I mean, they kind of showed four last night um, and it's helping them win games. So kudos to them, but it does make it a little bit frustrating to play them in DFS. How'd you do last night? Oh no, it was it was not a good. I I was like, you know what? I'm in this queue. I don't want to play the chalk. I'm going to power play stack the ducks. <laughs> Au revoir. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> um, one way to approach things. Yeah, and uh, I stayed up and watched because uh, the big dog plus money prop of the night was uh, Troy Terry with the power play point. Wrong. Didn't get it. And then uh, my little man, my eight year old, 
Avery decided to start his morning at 5.45, so we have been up a little tired, a little wired, but I am... I'm actually looking forward to this one, this slate. The slate last night is like, oh, man, this is just not my favorite. Not that this one, like, I like, like, we have the opportunity to play some good teams, at least. But most of these good teams are in ridiculously good power play spots. So it's going to be tough to get down to one lineup. Um, Yeah. Let's get into it. But before we do, you know the drill. Smash that like button. We like the likes. We like the subscribes, and it will help you keep up with all of our shows, DFS offers, giveaways, and much more. Once you subscribe, hit that notification button to get alerts when our shows go live. Also, don't forget to sign up for the Stochastic Hall of Fame. It's easy. You change your avatar on DraftKings and FanDuel. You download the avatar at stochastic.com backslash avatar. That's the easy part. Now the hard part. You got a place in the top three of a contest with over 5,000 contestants. If that occurs, which hopefully it does, because we like to see you guys win, tweet the wins to at Stochastic Hall of Fame on Twitter or email email Stochastic support with a screenshot and you'll win a free month of Stochastic Plus Platinum. You also get a shout out on our weekly Hall of Fame segment, except on the show where we don't do it because we don't have a producer, but (laughs) all the other ones you will. But make sure to smash that like button. And now, before we get into the slate, we have a $10 super chat from Clayton. Thank you very much. He says, for the dome. Yeah, it was it was long overdue. Long overdue. I was wearing all kinds of hats. It didn't feel comfortable. Don't have too much hair in this region. So have to keep it nice and freshly shaved. Cliffy, fresh haircut. I'm growing out the beard just because... I can't grow one, and it's going to look ridiculous in a few weeks. So. I mean, that's the one thing they don't tell you about getting older, right, is, like, you do expect the hair loss. But I think I've lost more hair in the last two years than, you know, the 10 years before that. So once it starts to go, it goes pretty fast. I'm wondering how much longer I can hang on here, and I don't just, you know, take a bit to it like you might do. Yeah. I mean, for for men, it's the genetics is your mother's father. So if your grandfather on your mom's side, all using trouble um me i started losing my hair in my 20s because everyone yeah i i think you might be right because i think my brother his hair is thinner um than my dad and my dad's in his 70s my brother's only 42 so i think i think you may be onto something there uh hopefully hopefully it skips uh one of the siblings but uh i don't think i got that lucky yeah, well, well, we'll see. You're ha- you're, you're doing way better than I am. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Let's get into this slate. Tampa Bay Lightning with a 3.5 total heading into Detroit. The Red Wings have a 2.9 total. Tampa's back-to-back on the road. Vasilevsky went last night. So it's probably going to be Moose, Brian Elliott. Billy Huso is confirmed. Tampa obviously isn't going to skate however they did mix up their lines towards the end of the game yesterday because they came out flatter than a kitchen table against the Leafs and they ended the game with Vladislav Nemestikov with Steven Stamkos and Nikita Kucherov Brandon Hagel was with Anthony Sorelli and Braden Point and the third line was Colton Paul Korn we won't know if those are exactly the lines until warm-ups but this is the first game of the night so if you are interested in Tampa 
which seems like a decent proposition considering they have the highest road total on the slate. You might want to stick around. <laughs> you might want you might want to be around at your computer at 6:30 p.m. Eastern to see what these lines are because if they do go back to the Mestikov, Stamkos, Kucherov, that is a three-wing line. The second line of Hagel, Sorelli, Point is a two-center line. That being said, Detroit penalty killed, not great. Um, like I want to get behind Detroit as well. They have a decent total. And Brian Elliott's a pretty steep drop-off from Vasilevsky, but like Michael Rasmussen up on this top line is just I don't know. Like I just anyone else, like put Kubalik up there, put Raymond up there, put Oscar Sunquist up there, put Bergen up there, and I'd have interest, but with Rasmussen there, I think the the nicest thing I could say about that line is they're fully correlated, and Tampa doesn't have a great penalty kill. Yeah, I I'm a bit torn on what to do in this game because, like, you're right about the Tampa penalty kill, but it has gotten better through the year. Now you don't re- want to keep relying on small samples. Like, if you look at the first half of this first portion of the season, what are they up to like 33 or 34 games played or something like that. So if you look at like the first 16 versus, you know, the most recent 17 or something like that, Tampa's certainly been a lot better in their last 17 games. Um, they did struggle earlier in the year. Like, I'm not sure um, exactly what might've caused that. Um, this is a team that typically does just have a very good um, penalty kill. You know what I mean? That's something that's kind of been a hallmark. Um, of the Tampa Bay Lightning um, for a while now. I mean, just good special teams in general, right? Um, I wonder if part of it is getting um, Anthony Sorelli back. Um, he typically does play um, on the penalty kill. I don't think he's their primary penalty killer, but he does get penalty kill minutes, so maybe that's helping in some regard. But, yeah, Tampa typically not a good penalty kill. Detroit, definitely not a good penalty kill. I mean, <laughs> again, we're just looking at basically like the last half um, of the game. So maybe going back to about the middle of November, um, Detroit in the bottom five by penalty killing over their last five weeks. Now, that would seem to give Tampa a pretty good power play spot. But as we've mentioned a couple times, this Tampa power play has really, really struggled with Victor Hedman um, on the top unit. In fact, I was looking at um, the numbers from last year compared to this year with Hedman. I mean, let alone just this year. This year with Sergachev, the power play has been much, much better. Whether you look at shots, whether you look at goals, it doesn't matter. Um, Sergachev has been better up there on the top power play unit than Hedman has. But if you go just look at Hedman's usage over the last two years, um, shot attempts down over 20%, shots on goal down about 18%. That's a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, when you're, when you're losing nearly 20% of your shots on goal on the power play, that's a pretty big decline. Now, I think they have a long enough track record that they should be able to figure it out. And it's not like they're interchanging, a you know, a bunch of pieces like Kudrop, Stamkos, and, and Braden Point are fairly consistent. But, you know, head, it feels weird to say, you know, Hedman's getting old. He's 32. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, you know, he's he is starting to get kind of up up there um, in age. Um, he'll hit a thousand games. You know, he's over a thousand, well over a thousand games played when you include his his postseason career. So, I don't know. Maybe his skills are starting to 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 slide a little bit. But yeah, that Tampa Bay penalty kill has struggled. And then you know you factor in um, that they 
um, did mix up their lines. We don't know exactly what they're going with. Makes it kind of tough to say exactly what to do with Tampa right now. What I will say is I was looking at Kucherov and Stamco's numbers over the last couple of years without Braden Point. So basically anybody else, whether it be Alex Kalorn, whether it be Vladimir Mestikov, like it might be tonight, um, whether it be Anthony Sorelli, whomever um, it might be, almost 190 minutes at 5-on-5, 3.2 expected goals for, 4.3 actual goals for. I don't think it would really surprise anybody to hear this, but Stamkos and Kucherov are pretty good at 5-on-5, no matter who they have as the third wheel on that line. And they're probably not going to come in with a lot of heavy ownership, right? Because, you know, we won't know what the line combinations are until warm-ups. People might just, you know, power play stack or something like that, leave Braden Point um, in the stack. So if Kucherov and Stamkos are together, I really don't care who the third guy is. I'm interested in that line. Um, I'm not really worried about a Detroit shutdown line from the other side. Like you said, Michael Rasmussen on the top line. He's actually played with David Perron a fair bit this year. Um, you know, basically break even by expected goal share, break even by goals for and goals against goals against hovering around four per 60 minutes. Um, you know, really, I think they're trying to balance out the lineup, but all they're doing is really making a bunch of their, a bunch of their lines a lot weaker. Um, that's something that's Detroit, Detroit's been notorious for, for, I don't know, about a decade now. It's really been kind of frustrating. Um, so I, I d- definitely do like the Tampa Bay side of this, uh, Kutrov, the Kutrov Stamkos line, especially it is one of those cases where I would make sure to put in the third wheel. If Kuch and Stamkos are playing together, like if it is Nemestikov, put him in, it's an ownership thing, right? Like if it's, if it's Nemestikov, he might be relatively owned because he's cheap and because, you know, that line combination will be known, but if they decide to do something different, you know, if they put Kalorn up there, if they put, um, you know, Nick Paul up there, or if they put um, Ross Colton up there, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, put Corey Perry there. I don't care. Uh, well, maybe not Corey Perry. Uh, has a history with them. Like, I know it's like six, seven years ago, but yeah, but yeah, I know what you mean. And it, it, it it's still, it, it doesn't matter who it is. They're going to be much lower owned than the top guys like Kucherov, like Stamkos, like points. So I would have a lot of interest in whatever line, um, Kucherov and Stamkos end up forming. But again, we're going to have to see when warm-ups roll around. On the Detroit side, I, I mean, I have I have no interest in that Andrew Kopp, um, Lucas Raymond line. Um, they're coming in over-owned by our top stacks tool. Our top stacks tool has them um, with negative leverage uh, on the night. Not, not huge negative leverage or anything like that, but, you know, under 1%, top 2 percentage coming in three, four percent owned. Um, really not that great. Uh, you look over on FanDuel, it's pretty much the same thing. And it's because they're all so cheap. And because there are so many good lines on this slate, whether you're talking Colorado, whether you're talking, you know, Vegas, Edmonton, Dallas, these cheap lines are going to get owned, um, especially by a home team. So um, not in on Ernie Kopp and Raymond. That Kubelik Pia Suter, Oscar Sunkvist line is kind of interesting to me. The problem is, is Kubelik is still so expensive because of what he did earlier in the season. And, you know, he is on the second power play unit. Um, I would definitely want to be on the top unit with Larkin and Perron. Um, We've seen Kubelik play some pretty low minutes of late. Like I think he was around 13 minutes last game, 14 minutes, uh, the game before that, or the one before that, like his ice time has definitely been declining. So, 
if anything, on the Detroit side for the depth, Suter and Sunkvist, I think, can make a decent two-man. But I think you kind of have to go to the top line or nothing, right? Like um, Larkin and Perron, relatively uh, reasonably priced. Rasmussen on the power play with them for some reason, I guess. Um, yeah, I, we'll just put him there. Um, they're not coming in with that much ownership because, um, or at least on FanDuel, they're not coming in with that much ownership because they're relatively uh, expensive. They're coming in a bit higher on DraftKings, but still fine around six, seven percent. Like, I think it's fine to play the Detroit side of this game, but honestly, I think it's a situation where I would be looking for like cheaper two man stacks rather than play the expensive guys and save my money and play the expensive guys on the Tampa side, and especially whichever line Kucherov and Stamkos end, end up with. Yeah. It would be nice if they are together and that news doesn't come out till 6.30. I guess we'll find out at 6.30. Let's move to the blue line here. On the wing side, uh, Maurice Cedar, I, I think, was getting some power play one time in the last game. Yeah. If he does stick there, 4,600, I think, is fine. Otherwise, Jake Wallman, 3K. Team Canada, Jake Wallman. No, he's not on Team Canada, but uh, that would be nice. Uh, on the vet... Vancouver. Why do I have the Canucks on the mind? On the Tampa side, there's just nothing really there. I guess you can correlate Hedman, but that's about it. Yeah. I Speaking of Cedar, I saw a nice tweet thread about him and Sherratt this morning uh, from Ear Prashanth. He's, um, he does a lot of anal- analytical um, articles and stuff about the Detroit Red Wings. Um, of 68 defense pairings with at least 200 minutes, Cedar and Sherratt are last in goal share, 33%. And they're 62nd in expected goal share. Like, they're just getting absolutely steamrolled when they're on the ice. I think Billy Huso's season has really been underrated in that regard. He's really saving um, Detroit's season. Um, I just I thought it was funny because that's essentially the shutdown pairing. That's who Kucherov and Stamkos are going to face. <laughs> kind of don't mind it. Um yeah, Wallman's interesting. He's been getting some reasonable ice time, 14 shots in his last five games. Like, this is a guy that, you know, we're, we've been keeping an eye on. Not sure if, like, he's a necessary play at 3K or whatever, but it's, you know, he's definitely playable. Um, Cedar's price, like, he's he's one of the best DraftKings values amongst all defensemen by our projections today. So, obviously, Cedar, um, I think he's just – you can use him as a one-off even at 4,600, right? Like, you don't need a massive game from him. Shot block, bonus assist, couple shots, and, you, you know, you're laughing. So, I wonder how many times he's actually done anything like that. But Probably, <laughs> like, once or probably, twice. <laughs> probably not a lot. Um, <laughs> on the uh, Tampa Bay side, they played basically four defensemen last night with Bogosian and, and uh, your boy Perbix not getting a whole lot of ice time. So, I might lean to, like – Ian Cole, um, if you need cheap, Eric Chernak, if you need a cheap-ish guy. But honestly, um, I think it's probably Wallman or Cedar uh, for me in this game, just because of the pricing um, and, you know, what they've typically done this season. Concur there. Let's move on to the next one, New Jersey Devils with a 3.1 total heading into Florida. The Panthers have a 3.5. Mackenzie Blackwood is back and probable. Sergey Bobrovsky confirmed. Um, Sasha Barkov still out, so the top line is Verhage. Bennett Kachuk, second line of E2-D2, Luisterinen. Anton Lundell is back on that line with Sam Reinhart. That does, you know, extend their lineup a little bit, which should help. Devils running it back. We, I mean, we assume 
they're running it back. Uh, we'll find out in warmups. Like, if it is Blackwood in that, <laughs> like, he's kind of, like, I don't know. Like, these goalies coming back, we saw when Ottinger came back from an injury. Who's a better goalie than Mackenzie Blackwood? Just got absolutely trounced. Like, goalies are just weird creatures to begin with, but they're even more unpredictable when they come back from injuries. So, like, I do have interest in Florida here tonight. The problem is, I just, with their ownership, like looking at other teams' ownership in arguably better spots, their ownership is lower. Like Florida's is higher in arguably a tougher spot. The only X factor here is Blackwood because the Devils are a good defensive team. At least, you know, I mean, their last like six, eight games have a bit, have been a bit wonky, but like, I think Florida one is fine. They're just coming in with more ownership than I want. Yeah, um, I, we do have to start with Mackenzie Blackwood. Obviously, he's fought a lot of injuries over the last couple of years. Um, wasn't good for them last year before he got hurt. Wasn't good for them this year before he got hurt. Um, I was actually looking at some goalie numbers earlier today uh, for writing at another site. Over the last three seasons, um, there are 55 goalies with at least 2,500 minutes of five on five. And our buddy Mackenzie Blackwood is dead last in high danger save percentage, which is one of those metrics you can look at to kind of um, use it as a proxy for goalie talent, which, you know, makes sense. If you think of it, you know, logically, it's like the better goalies can make the tough saves and that's what separates them from all the other goalies. Um, he can't even, he can't make the tough ones or he hasn't been at least for a few years now. Like being dead last, um, you know, behind uh, such luminaries like Braden Holtby, Jack Campbell, and Martin Jones. It, it, a tough company. Yeah, it doesn't really <laughs> speak to a lot of confidence. I think that's why you're seeing a three and a half total on Florida, despite New Jersey being a pretty good defensive team. The one thing that kind of bothers me, it, like the ownership bothers me, but one, the, one of the reasons why that is so bothersome to me um, is the Florida power play, right? Like power play scoring has become more important, more important this season than it ever has before. Like if you look at season averages. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This year, it's basically the same goals per game as last year. I think it's like 0.04 higher, but it's way more power plays called and one of them uh, highest uh, power play percentage seasons across the league that we've ever seen, you know, right up there with like the 19, you know, the glory days of the 1980s or whatever. So the power play is something that is very, very important um, 
to keep in mind when you're looking at, um, you know, upside and things like that. And the Florida power play has just, it's just looked really bad without Sasha Barkov there. Like they're scoring at a decent clip, but it's also because they're shooting over 20%. Like you could expect that from Edmonton or maybe Dallas. I wouldn't expect that from an Alexander Barkov list um, Florida power play. And in fact, if you look at um, shot attempts generated, it's down like 25% without Barkov on the ice. Like they don't have any shooters. <laughs> that's part of it. I, I mean, the, sh- the shooters are the defensemen. They right? net- the, the other three guys, Bennett, Kachuk, Reinhardt, they're all like net front guys. Get a shooter out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, the shooters might be like Ekblad and Montour. And in fact, Ekblad is in a one-time position quite a bit. So that's the one thing that that's kind of hampering me here is that I'm not expecting Florida's power play to look very good, especially where New Jersey's penalty kill has generally been, you know, good to great all season long. Right. So it is a bit of a problem here, but you know, Verhage, Bennett and Kachuk have been very good together. Like they're up to 75 minutes in their sample, 4.1 expected goals, four or five on five, five actual goals scored. Like they are really, really shredding the competition it's just, can they generate enough against a very good New Jersey defense, you know, to get them by Blackwood? But it's like, do they even really need to? Like, does Florida need more than 25 shots here to score three goals? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I do like Florida one, but you're right. They are coming with a ton of ownership. Um, 12.5% on DraftKings per top stacks tool. I'll bring that up on our screen real quick. Just behind um, the Colorado top line. Now still... Um, with pretty good leverage, but I'm going to be honest for relatively the same price. I think I'd rather play Kucherov, Stamkos and Nemesnikov if that's a line, right? Um, coming in with considerably less ownership. Um, you know, I know the goal, to- the goal totals are um, the exact same, both a three and a half total. If I can get, you know, Kucherov, Stamkos and Nemesnikov at, you know, a fifth or a third, the ownership, of that Florida top line. I think that's the direction I go, but because Blackwood is starting, I have no problem playing Florida one here. Like none at all. Um, you get two out of the three guys on that top power play unit. You know, if they can score, they should play heavy minutes. My one concern is Matt Kachuk. His price has come down a lot because he's not shooting 21 shots in his last 10 games, but Florida one is fine. I'm not in on Florida two. Like I'm, I'm kind of in that spot where I want to see how healthy Lundell is. Um, before I really start playing him in DFS. I know you want to try to, you know, generally get in on the ground floor before that happens, but he really wasn't having a great season before that anyway. Um, He's on pace for like 45 points and like 15 goals or something like that. Like, you know, just nothing. So four to one or nothing for me on the New Jersey side. um, I don't know. Like Holly Hughes and Brat are a good line. Um, they're not scoring a ton, and part of it is Holla just can't finish. Um, Florida's typically had a decent penalty kill, but they do take a lot of penalties um, amongst the most penalized teams in the league. So if I'm going to do with anything with New Jersey, um, I'm going to stick to the power play guys. Um, stick, you know, two-man two, two of Tatar and Hisher I think is perfectly acceptable. Um, you can throw in some Dougie Hamilton if you want or something like that, but – uh, power play guys for me from New Jersey. I don't think I'm going to be full stacking any of the even strength lines and Florida one on the Florida side. Yeah. If you want some action on some New Jersey power play, just go bet Tatar power play point. There's a, it's a good number. There you go. So if you want a little sweat there with Tatar, 
instead of playing him in DFS. Get, I think it's a, around six to one right now, him to get a power play point. So, a little betting action there yeah. for, yeah. Our buddy does, our buddy Josh does it all. Yeah, something like that. Um, just not to like rain on Blackwood's parade even more, but in his three week conditioning stint in the AHL, his numbers are awful. So, yeah, not a lot it, of hope here. His save percentage was like 882 or something like that in the AHL on his conditioning stint. So yeah, it might actually have been better than his NHL save percentage. I'm not sure. Yeah, it, it might've been, but good luck, you know, trying to save that when Kachuk's big ass is in your face for 20 minutes. So yeah, I don't true. know. Let's move to the blue line. <laughs> um, well, before we do real quick, we should note uh, Dawson Mercer did jump up to the top line last night for New Jersey. This is another back-to-back team. We're going to have to wait until warmups. I would like Mercer there instead of Zetterlin, but um, it wouldn't change a lot for me. I, like, I, I wouldn't say you have to go out and stack him. But if he is there, he might be like a 1% owned player on a top line. You know what I mean? So might be worth rearranging around some lines if you have a bunch of lineups. Yeah. Well, Lindy Ruff, notorious line mixer-upper, Yeah, if you want to call him that, I guess. He likes to jumble. Especially those guys on the fourth line, like Sharon Govich and Mercer, will be all up and down the lineup tonight, I would imagine. Whether they start there is a different story. On the blue line, Aaron Ekblad, 5,800, I think is fine. Like these, like Ekblad, Montour, their prices have been coming down. So like, I like if you want to play Gustav Forsling, that's fine, 5,300. But for me, I've, I'm finding the extra 300 for Montour or the 500 for Ekblad. On the devil side, Dougie Hamilton, Jonas Siegenthaler, probably about it. Yeah, I think if I'm paying up for a Florida defenseman, I'm going back to Forsling. Um, and the reason for that, like I said, it's just the power play. Like, I worry about Florida's power play um, without Barkov there. So I would probably take the guy that's not super reliant on power play production for doing well in fantasy, and that's Forsling. On the New Jersey side, it's, yeah, Siegenthaler's fine. Obviously, you can pay up for Hamilton. I think this is actually a good spot for Hamilton because Florida's a pretty high-paced team, and it could allow Hamilton to really rack up the shots tonight. But I also mentioned Damon Severson. He played nearly 24 minutes last night. This is a guy that was a healthy scratch recently. Um, I don't know if they're going to play him a ton of minutes. I have interest in Severson at 2700 near mid-price. Yeah, don't mind that call. Um, I always get the New Jersey punt defenseman wrong so I, I letting you cover that i was i was cowering out from taking the stand and let you gotcha take that over yeah I appreciate I'm, just, that. I'm just the coward so <laughs> at least with the new jersey defenseman but anyway let's move on to the next one montreal canadians with a 2.3 total heading into colorado the avalanche have a 3.6 total jake allen alexander yorgiev confirmed abs running it back with lekin and confer rantanen New hook, Erod Nishushkin looks like the Dennis Dennis Malgin in the lineup on the third line. Not that that's really DFS relevant. What is DFS relevant is that Jared Bednar, the Avs coach, just doesn't play the fourth line ever, and the top guys just never leave the ice. I think like Rantanen played 27, 28 minutes, something like that, the last game. Kel McCarr was above 30. Taze was close to 30. Confer was 25 plus. So, like, the top guys here are going to play. The top line fully correlated, getting one of the best power play matchups possible. Now, there are a bunch on this slate, but their ownership is lower 
as a full line than Florida won. They're in a higher total. They get a better power play matchup. It's just a matter of whether you can, you know, live with yourself clicking in JT Comfort at 4,700, I think. Yeah, it might be a bit tough. I'll also mention, I know we have Mulligan on the third line there, but um, the Colorado coach said specifically he hasn't figured out where he's going to play him yet. And he mentioned pairs of players. So I'm thinking like Lekkanen and Rantanen is a pair. Um, Rodriguez and Nachushkin is a pair. So like, you know, maybe Mulligan ends up next to Rodriguez and Nachushkin on the second line or something like that. Like, I think we that's something that we could see. But, you know, it's an 8 p.m. Eastern start. We're not definitely not going to find out in time. On the Montreal side, <laughs> okay, they put Kirby Doc on the back on the top line. The second line is Slavkovsky, Drouin, and Anderson with Drouin playing center. Listen, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Montreal fan. I would like to see Jonathan Drouin kind of, you know, reclaim himself after a tough couple of years. He's, he's spoken about mental health issues, and, and he's certainly had injuries, things, things like that. That's That line's giving me some real strong Silverberg, Strong, Vitrano vibes. You know what I mean? Like, they're going to play – like, if they played together for, like, seven games, we'd look up and they'd have an expected goals against at, like, four and a half or something like that. So – yeah, I, I do like the Colorado top line. You're right. It is a good power play spot. But this is another situation like um, Florida where I worry about the Colorado power play without Nathan McKinnon there. Since he's left the lineup, they're shooting 3.4% with the man advantage. That's pretty bad. Now, obviously, we, that's not going to stick around forever on a power play. Um, but can they regain anything approaching, to, you know, the former glory that they had in the first, you know, se- seven weeks of the season uh, with McKinnon there? You know, I'm not too, too sure. And, you know, Rantanen and JT Comfort just really haven't played well together this year. I was looking at some of the expected goals numbers, um, two, four, I, um, two expected goals for um, 2.4 uh, against under one goals per 60 minutes, like 52% shot share. Like obviously liking in there will help a little bit, but they really haven't been a great line. All it is is that they play a ton of minutes. So, you know, they're going up against Montreal one and Montreal one has actually been pretty good defensively um, of late um, with Kirby dog, Caulfield and Suzuki goaltending has let them down at times. It's kind of the reverse from earlier in the year. Um, Colorado one is fine, but I, Honestly, it's just a situation where I, I worry that maybe they switch up the lines on us or something like that. You know, they haven't been playing particularly well. I have no issue playing playing them. They're, you know, reasonably priced at 19K. Um, Going to play a lot of heavy minutes. So I, I, perfectly acceptable to play. But again, I think it's a situation where I might just rather go back to Tampa Bay or something like that. You know what I mean? Um, Colorado 2 is kind of interesting. Um, Rodriguez, Newhook, um, and Nichushkin, like I said, I think Mulligan might take the second second line role there, but we won't know. We'll we'll have to see because that'll be the matchup that Drew that Drew line sees a lot of, and I imagine it's a matchup Colorado is going to run over. So I don't think you have to necessarily full stack, but like if you want to go and one off Rodriguez or go and one off Newhook or something like that, I think that's perfectly fine in this matchup because I think they're going to get a lot of the run of play um, at five on five on the Montreal side. Up top line, perfectly in play with Kirby Doc there. No issue using them. Um, they're not going to be that heavily owned. We have them about 3 4% with Josh Anderson there. Can't imagine it'll change much with Dvorak there. Uh, but again, I think this is a spot where uh, I might go to the cheaper guys again and go back to the Dvorak Hoffman duo or, you know, 
Dvorak to Donoff, but I'd probably rather go Hoffman. So maybe Dvorak Hoffman. I think I might actually like the cheap guys in this game the most. Yeah, I if I'm going to anyone on the Montreal side, it is the cheaper guys, Dvorak Hoffman, Dvorak Dadnoff. Like, yeah, like Duran Slavkovsky seems like really nice, cheap two-man, but like if they can't get the puck out of their own end, how are you going to create offense? So, yeah, I like Dvorak here. Let's move to the blue line. <laughs> Chris Weidman back on the top power play unit. Ah, nice. <laughs> like, I don't know. Marcus Bjork. Chris Weidman, what are you going to do? I, I just I just won't play him. There just isn't much on the Montreal side that I want to play. Like, Joel Edmondson's fine. He's just a little bit pricey. On the Av side, like, Taze McCarr just are on the ice for half the game. So, like, you are concerned about the power play. Devin Taze at 4,700 for 29 minutes is nice. If you want to pay up for McCarr, that's fine. Gerard also fine, 2,800. Eric Johnson, like the guy, like Brad Hunt, Andreas England, England played like 11 minutes, and the rest of the guys were up over 20 to 30. So, anyone in the top four, depending on your price point, yeah. Um, I'll mention Jonathan Kobasevich again. Um, with you know, a couple D men missing, I think he was at like 19 20 minutes in the last game. Um, you know, if you need a guy that's near mid punt, I think he's perfectly fine. Um, Sam Gerard, a little bit more expensive, he's perfectly fine as well. Um, Makar is like basically in play every single game, but I think this is, again, on the blue line, I might be looking for cheaper guys. Yeah, I agree. As we mentioned off the top, we are sponsored by BetMGM. We can get you up to a $1,000 risk-free bet and two months of Stochastic Plus Platinum for free when you sign up, make a bet, or sign up, deposit, make a bet. Most important thing is click the link in the description below, follow the steps. You need a Stochastic account. You need a BetMGM account. You make all that. It's all... Stochastic account, if you don't have one, it's free. You make a bet MGM sportsbook account. Deposit at least 10, depending on um, your risk tolerance. If you want the risk-free bet to be 10, 10, up to 1,000. Have a bet for you guys on bet MGM if you want to you know, sign up and tail tonight since it is risk-free. Uh, Roman Yossi on bet MGM to record at least one assist is even money. So if you're looking for a bet to go along with your new bet MGM sportsbook account, months stochastic plus platinum deposit bet Romeosi to get it assisted even money to loses you get you know it back in site credit and you get two free months of stochastic plus platinum win 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 so let's go click the link in the description for more details to sign up national predators 3.2 total heading into chicago the blackhawks have a 2.4 total uc saros probable peter morazic confirmed these this game is just like ah, like if you look up migraine in the dictionary you're going to see predators blackhawks like these lines are just abysmal like tyler johnson up with max domi and patrick kane like i like tyler johnson but like 10 years ago i like mikhail granlin but 10 years ago like i like you mentioned on the show last time how bad of a season Granlin's have. It's kind of taken me out on the Forsberg line. Just be, like I don't even care the matchup here. Like Granlin's just been awful. They're getting some negative leverage. Like if anything on the national side, I'm going to that third line. 
Johansson, Duchesne, pairing him with Yossi, calling it a day. On the Blackhawks side, like, I don't know. Like, Domi Kane, I guess, is fine in a nutshell, or Taze Radish, but, like, 2.4 total at home. I guess, like, Radish might be popular if you're trying to, like, jam in, like, Edmonton guys because he has top power play 3K, and the Predators' penalty kill is kind of not great, but I don't know. This game sucks. <laughs> yeah, this this is um, kind of a tough one to uh, to parse apart because you're right. Grand Lynch has not been good this year. I was looking at his expected goal impacts this season. Or I was looking at guys with at least 250 minutes played, I think it was, or forwards. 358th out of 362 forwards. Like he, he's just dragging down everyone. And I was looking at how players have done without him. Like Duchesne's numbers without Granlund or Philip Forsberg on his line, and Forsberg still having a good season on his own. Um, above water by expected goal share, which is not something you can say about any Granlund line, that's for sure. Scoring over four goals per 60 minutes of five on five, like 100, that's in 125 minutes. Like, um, at least they're generating something when they're away from Granlund. So, like, I, I'm with you. I think if I was going to do anything with the Nashville top line would just be a Forsberg one-off. Like, I think almost no matter who he's playing with, he's basically always in play for a hat trick. Um, he's just that talented and loves shooting that much. Um, but I don't know if I'm full, if I'm fully stacking here. I'm not, I'm not doing, you know, a, a, a Tommy Novak, Michael Grandlin stack here or something like that. Like that's just not in the cards for me. Um, Niederreiter, Glass, and Janot actually had a good game um, in their last game. They've actually looked decent um, in the, the limited time that I saw them, but I think it's that Duchesne Johansson two man that I like best. Like, like I said, Duchesne's played well this year when he's gotten away from those top guys. He has 14 shots in his last five games, goals and back to back games. Like, you're going to get like that. Chicago's going to send out that, you know, Kershev Taze shutdown line, if you want to call them that, out against Forsberg and Granlin. And then you're out against the second and third lines from Chicago. <laughs> Um, Duchesne should be able to roll over them. Like, I know there's a lot of ownership um, coming in on that Nashville third line, but I don't think you necessarily have to full stack him, even if you just want a one-off Duchesne or something like that. But like a Johansson Duchesne two-man or Duchesne training two-man or something like that. I think that's where I'm going to go on the Nashville side. On the Chicago side, pass. Yeah. Uh, honestly, like, like I, I, I wouldn't even know what to really do here. Like, the line that I would want to target is the Granlin Novak Forsberg line, but they're going to use Taves Radish and Kershev in that shutdown matchup. So, I, like I, I guess Jonathan Taves is fine. He he like like Duchene, he has fourteen shots in his last five games. Top power play. I will say the Chicago power play has been shockingly good. Um, it has been their one saving grace. It's where they actually can do some damage. So I guess like. If you do want to do like you can do like a, a, a Taves Radish two man or a Taves Kane two man or something like that, I think you can get away with that. But I'm not full stacking any of the even strength lines from Chicago. I think I'm going to treat them um, like I would the Devils and just focus on the power play guys. Yeah, I, I agree there. Hoping uh, Jujar comes back and he's on a line with Boris Kachuk and Reese Johnson. That'd be like the greatest line of all time. Boris Kachuk, Reese Johnson. Jujar. I don't know. Just wanted to say that. <laughs> Going out on a tangent. 
through the Wuhan. Okay. That, that feels a lot like the rotisserie chicken line for me. Yeah, yeah. I don't, <laughs> yeah. Listen, you never know what you're going to get with me. I, you know, at least my internet's working. <laughs> Knock on some wood. Roman yeah. Yossi, uh, like, listen, he hasn't been the DFS darling we all know and love the past week. But, you know, ebbs and flows of the NHL season, we say. Uh, so, yeah, I have no issue going back to Roman Yossi. Mentioned him as the bet for the bet MGM promo plus money to get an assist tonight against the Blackhawks. Like, yeah. Uh, Alexandre Carrier, min price still, scored the game-winning goal against Edmonton in overtime. I think he's fine. Matias Ekholm's fine. Looks like uh, Ryan McDonough's back as well. There's guys on the Blackhawks side that I don't even know who they are. Like, I don't know who, like, Isaac Phillips is. Isak. That's, you know. But, um I honestly don't know who he is, and he's on the second pair. Uh, I think Connor Murphy, if you want some shot blocks, is fine. Yeah, I was going to mention Connor Murphy. He's the only guy that I really have interest in, considering price and, and ice time and all that. I'm on the Chicago side, um, especially on DK. Yeah, with McDonough back, like I'm not super stoked um, about like Carrier or Fabro or something like that. I'm really worried their minutes are going to get nuked down. It, of the cheap guys, it would be Carrier that I would play. Um, if you need a stoneman punt, he's playable. But, uh, yeah, I, I think this that's clearly about Yossi. Yeah. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan. But you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. Like, I'm not docking Isaac Phillips. I just don't know who you are. And I'm not going to tell someone I don't know who they are. Edmonton Oilers 3.0 total, which has come down during the day by the way. Going into Dallas, the Stars have a 3.6 total. Stewie Skinner, Stuart Skinner probable. Jake Ottinger confirmed. This one is a doozy. And neither side is getting a lot of ownership. Edmonton top line is 25-8 on DraftKings, the most expensive they've been as a trio. And it reflects in the ownership. You know, McDavid's still double digits. He's 9,800, the most expensive price he's been. But the other guys are coming in around 7% dry cell. Hyman, I, I I don't know what to say about them. Like, they're the most expensive. They're on the road. It's not the best matchup. But, again, it's Connor McDavid, Leon Drysdale, Jack Zach Hyman. They're matchup proof. They're getting low ownership. They're an excellent GPP play. It's just as simple as that. If they're coming in 25 30% at that price, I say, you know what, I'm going to fade. But if they're coming in as a trio under 10%, they're an excellent GPP play. On the flip side, the Dallas top line in a much higher total, in a better power play spot, 
with a power play that has been rolling against the Oilers team, not great defensively. Like this isn't the best five on five matchup because you're gonna see Hints go out against McDavid a bunch. And that's just, you know, that's that's gonna be fun to watch. But like the Dallas top line coming in around double digit ownership, fully correlated, five thousand dollars less, higher total, good power play spot. Both these lines are excellent GPP plays tonight. Yeah, I'm going to start on the Edmonton side uh, a little bit. I mean, um, there's not a lot to say here. Uh, like, they've just been utterly dominant. I was just looking at just their December numbers, 4.3 goals per 60 minutes of five on five. And the scary thing is, is they're better on the way more productive, obviously, on the power play than they are on the penalty kill. Um, they all just, they skate a ton of minutes, like all 21 to 23 minutes on average. Like, there are games where, you know, McDavid might play like 25 or something like that. So obviously they get a ton of minutes. Um, a couple problems is like like Dallas is above average by time shorthanded per game, but they don't take a ton of penalties. Um, 3.5 per game, league average is about 3.3. Obviously higher, but Edmonton takes way more penalties than they do. Um, they're up at 3.8 time shorthanded per game. Um, and the Dallas penalty kill is generally good. Like not super elite or anything, but generally good. Um, and if, you know, Edmonton they need at least three goals from that top line, you know, um, to really do anything, um, in DFS, but, you know, by that token, um, there are a lot of cheap spots that you can go to tonight, right? Like we just went through, you know, like training and Johansson, or if you can do like Radish and Kurashev from Chicago or, you know, any of the depth lines basically from Montreal or, um, in this game. Yeah. Yeah. Or Arizona. Um, why? So there are there are a lot of good low owned spot or not good but a lot of low owned low price spots that you can go to. So if you're playing a ton of lineups, obviously Edmonton's in one in some of them. Um, but I'm with you. I think I'd rather play the Dallas side of this game. The simple reason being Edmonton's penalty kill is just bad. Um, even as it's improved a little bit of late, I think they're like top bottom five by shots against and bottom seven by goals against like that's a, that's them improving is still being like in the bottom 25% of the league. Um, and Dallas's power play, obviously still elite, not generating to the, the way it was earlier in the season. That's just shooting percentage driven. The shooting percentage we're going to have to come down. Like they're still taking a lot of shots, landing a lot of shots, all that stuff. So I'm with you. I think I do like the Dallas top line here um, in this game. Um, they might be my favorite expensive line on the night, like just ahead of Tampa Bay. Um, 21,200. I think that's perfectly fine for even if they only play like 18 or 19 minutes. I think that's perfectly fine in this matchup. Should get, you know, good power play opportunities against a bad penalty kill. All three guys on the power play. Um you know, Hintz has, has been shooting more of late, which was a bit of an issue for him earlier this year, 18 shots in his last five games. So I really do like Dallas one. Of the depth lines, I think the one I would go back to is that Johnston, Marchman, Ben line. Um, I see you nodding your head very, Mason very creepily, but uh, you can talk again. Yeah, you do seem to like him. I like him as well. Ben and Marchman have played well together this year in a small sample, two and a half expected goals for one and a half against in 55 minutes together. Um, Marchment shooting a lot, obviously eight shots in his last game, but um, he was at like, you know, two and a half shots in the nine games before that, which is what you want to see from a guy playing 15, 16 minutes without heavy PP time. So um, 
yeah, don't mind if you want to, you know, use that Marchment, Ben, Johnston, you know, some sort of duo in there to go with the more expensive lines, but it's Dallas one I like the most in this game. Yeah, uh, I think Dallas's ownership is going to come up a bit throughout the day, but, like, it's still fine. I see a question that's actually a good one. Um, what do you think of Barry Hyman mini stack? I think it's fine. Here's the issue. Like, Tyson Barry is very reliant on power play points. He doesn't shoot the puck much. So if you, if you do think, you know, and it's certainly possible that Edmonton does get there on the power play because it doesn't matter who they're facing. If they get four power plays, it could be a disaster. So, yeah, like if, if you do think Edmonton's going to get there on the power play, and I personally think like if Dallas takes three, four penalties tonight, Edmonton power play is going to score at least once. <clears throat> I think Barry Hyman's fine. I just... I just have issue, like, if Barry was shooting the puck five on five and blocking shots, I'd be more open to doing that. I just worry that, you know, Dallas doesn't take a ton of penalties and Barry has to take advantage of the power play time there. So that's my answer there. On the blue line, I just talked about Barry. If you want to include him in Edmonton stacks, I think that's fine. Like I just mentioned, you know, he has been very – he's kind of – He's kind of, I don't want to make this comparison in real life hockey, but in DFS hockey, he's similar to Adam Fox where he has to get hit the score sheet. Although Adam Fox peripherals have come up a little bit. Adam Fox, way better real life defenseman as well. But um, yeah, Barry's fine. That's about it on the Edmonton side. I think Nurse is a fine one off or even Cody Cece. On the Dallas side, Miro Haskin in, in power play stacks is fine. Otherwise, I'm going back to Esselindel. Yeah, Esselindel for me, um, especially where he plays so much on the PK. Like, you got to assume he's going to have to block some shots here in this game. I also mentioned Ryan Suter. Like, he's not really having a lot of big games, but he is blocking shots a lot more than he has over the last few seasons. He's under 3K. He does get some penalty killing time. So, um, you know, if you need a sub 3K guy that, you know, could reasonably put up double digit DK points, I think Suter's fine. Yeah, it's true. I used him on Monday out of necessity, and he got a, an assist, a couple blocks on the shot. Like nine points, DK points is perfectly fine for tw- under 3K. If you have never had a stochastic membership, why? Why? Just why? Three-day risk-free trial for you. Click the link in the description. That's the most important part. So Cliffy and I can get the credit. Because we love credit. No, but uh, in all seriousness, if you've never had a stochastic membership and you want to test drive our NHL product, you get everything we have to offer. Ownership, projections, top stacks, rankings, Discord, like everything you need. We've talked about it on the show. We run through the lineup builder when we do the show. That's how we you know, go game by game. You get all the tools. You get everything you need. So click the link in the description below. Get your three-day free trial. Come join us in the uh, Discord. Say hello. And we'll go from there. Let's move on to the next one. Arizona Coyotes, 2.3 total. Heading into Vegas, the Golden Knights have a 3.6 total. Uh, King Carol Vamelka and Logan Thompson are probable. Looks like Phil Kessel has dropped down on in the lineup. Jack Eichel, I don't think, is back yet. Looks like Michael Amadio up on the top line. Don't mind that, honestly. I wish he got some power play time, but 
he doesn't. He's also min price, so beggars can't be choosers there. But for me, going back to Vegas two here, this is a bit of a tougher matchup for Arizona. Like the last few slates, Arizona has been playable. I think, you know, I'll, we'll go back to Cliffy's bread and butter here and say one off loss and Kraus is acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I was looking at um, some of Vegas's numbers without Eichel and they're not very good. I mean, I think that's why you see Michael Amadio move to the top line. Um the Vegas top line's up to near 100 minutes since Thanksgiving without Eichel. Um, 2.7 expected goals for, 2.2 against, only 51% of the shot attempt share. Like, really not great numbers. Um, they're allowing a lot, which I think is, you know, it's just based off the goaltending. We're not even sure Matteo's going to be there. It's just that's where he finished um, in the last game. Yeah. Um, I like, is he going to stay there the whole game? Put the real wild bill up there. William Carrier. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Um, I would like to see that, but I agree with you. It's back to uh, Vegas two in this one. Um, in the month of December, 2.6 expected goals for only 1.8 against problem is they're shooting like 2.2%, which like they're like Los Angeles, the second line in that, in this, in that regard where like they'll have, I don't know, five or six big, real big games a year. But when they don't have a big game, it's not like they're getting a goal and maybe assisting on some other stuff. It's like, there's nothing. It's like, they'll just, you might get the shot bonus and that's the best you can hope for. But uh, really good matchup for Vegas too. Obviously Riley Smith was moved up um, to the top power play. So now you're getting two out of the three guys on the top power play unit. And power play's still been good, even without Eichel there. Um, that's the one differentiator between um, Florida and Colorado who have been bad with Barkov and, and McKinnon out. It's that um, Eichel's absence has made a huge difference. So yeah, back to the second line. If you want to make it a power play stack, take out Carlson, make it a three wing with Mark Stone or something like that. I think that's definitely um, very much in play. Arizona is the most penalized team in the league. Vegas doesn't really draw a lot of power plays, but they should get their opportunities here tonight. So Vegas too, if I'm even strength stacking anything, I don't mind um, just going to a power play stack for the Vegas side either. On the Arizona side, yeah, um, the top line's really not like they're doing stuff game like <laughs> once in a while. Like, well, like Clayton Keller had a hat trick a week ago, right? So like obviously they're getting some goals, but they're just not generating that much. Um, Vegas doesn't really take many penalties and you know, Arizona is a team that really needs the power play to come through to, to really succeed. Um, if they don't get a lot of power plays, I don't like their chances. So yeah, I think, yeah, like a one-off um, Lawson Krause. I think Nick Bukestad's even find a one-off if you need somebody a little bit cheaper, but that's about it. Yeah. And like for all the Vegas haters out there, then there's a lot of them. This is a good team. Like you don't want to like you know, go stacking the Arizona Coyotes going into Vegas on the blue line here. Alex Petrangelo, 6,500, I think is fine. We've seen him up. I think he was in the low eights at points, uh, which was a bit bonkers, but 6,500 is a good price. Braden McNabb is all right. You just worry about how many shots Arizona is going to create. So Petrangelo for me on the um, Arizona side. Uh, like Chikrin, I guess is fine. It's just me. Nothing for me from the Arizona side. Yeah, there's no one I want to play there. Um, like, if anybody, it, it might be Gostas Bay K do something, but no interest in the Arizona expensive defenseman. Pitcher Angelo, I think, yeah, he's definitely 
perfectly acceptable. I, Nick Hague's been playing well, at least in the bits that I've watched Vegas, so I don't mind him in such a high total if you want to pay down a little bit. Yep. Cliffy taking stands. I'm cowarding again. Minnesota Wild, 3.9 total heading into Anaheim. The Los Patos, the Ducks, have a 2.5 total. They played last night, to my disappointment. Um, Lucas do- uh, Dostal, Dostal, I don't Dostal probably, uh, went last night. So it's either going to be him on a back-to-back or Ali Ekman Larson. No, Ali Erickson Eck. I'm sorry. There's a, there's multiple Erickson Ecks in this game if he does start. Either way, that's a scene. Wild do have the highest road total of the night. I misspoke at the beginning of the show. Wild have a 3.9 total. Ryan Hartman's back, but he's not on the top line. He is on the second line wing with Freddie Gaudreau and Matty Boldy. That should help Matt Boldy a little bit, you would hope. Wings or the wings. What are we doing here? The Minnesota Wild top line, very low ownership tonight. Very good power play spot. I really like the Minnesota top line here. I wanted to leave off Steele and add in Joel Erickson Eck, but for some ungodly reason, he's 7K on DraftKings and he hasn't done anything in the past like seven games and his price has gone up 1500 So there's that. I guess you can leave off Steele and add in like a Boldy. I feel like Hartman is going to jump up there at some point. I don't know if it's going to be tonight or in the next game. That's my one reservation besides me not liking Sam Steele for DFS is that eventually Hartman's going to take that spot back. That being said, low ownership on the wild. I think going back to the Ducks top line is fine. They're getting a little bit more ownership than I want, like five and a half, six percent. If I'm going to get the Ducks, I want them like last night, like one, two percent. I think a Mason McTavish one off is fine. Yeah, um, Frank Petrano is leading the Ducks in ice time over like their last six or seven games or something like that, Ducks forwards anyway, which like more than Terry or Zegras, um, I guess you can go back to a one-off Frank Petrano. I think he's perfectly fine at, at uh, 4,800. Um, but that's it for me from the Anaheim side. I'm not stacking them against Minnesota. Um, Minnesota's good penalty kill, really, really good defensive team. Got Hartman back. I think it gives them three full lines now, um, which is a big problem. Minnesota won. I'm not that worried about Hartman jumping up just yet. The reason is the top line's been like just blowing the doors off the opponent. I was looking at their numbers for just December. 3.9 expected goals per 60 minutes of 5-on-5. 4.9 actual goals. They're just shredding opponents. That was a big problem with Minnesota. Like basically through through the first seven weeks of the season was they were pretty bad at 5-on-5, at least offensively. But Sam Steele's really, really helped bring that top line together. The only way I see him getting moved off is if they go down like two or three nothing to Anaheim. And if they go down two or three nothing to Anaheim, I'm done watching the game anyway. <laughs> so um, I would probably just leave Steele in that in that stack. At, but unless you want to go like triple winger with Baldy because you have a double center stack elsewhere. Like um, really do like that Minnesota top line. They're neck and neck with Dallas one for me today on the slate. I think both are playable. We're showing lower ownership on Minnesota, 5.4% uh, against the 10% for Dallas. Minnesota is technically in a better spot, but they're also on the road, um, which makes a little bit of a difference, I think. Um, but yeah, Minnesota one, I, I think it's Minnesota one or Dallas one. Those are the two lines I'm going to be uh, picking from as the core to build around here tonight. I'll also mention 
Like that Hartman Boldy Gojo line, I think can be good. They're not coming in with any ownership. It's just if they really blow the doors off the Ducks, does the top, is the top line not included? Especially when there's so many guys on the power play, that's kind of the problem here. So, um, if anything, it would you know I think you could even like just add a broken stack and add Hartman or add um, probably not Gojo, but definitely add Boldy for additional power play exposure. That's the direction I would go. So. Love Minnesota one. If I'm going to stack one of the depth lines, it would be that Hartman, Gojo, Boldy line, Anaheim side, maybe just a one-off Frank for Toronto. That's about it. Yeah. I do like Mason McTavish. I'll take a stand there. Mason. Um, <laughs> uh, on the blue line, Kalen Addison, another one of these power play quarterbacks who does absolutely nothing. So I'm probably going to, you know, Spurgeon, Brodeen, Dumba. On the duck side, I guess like Dmitry Kulikov is on a price point where it's fine. Otherwise, Simone Benoit at 2600 Yeah, I think it's just Spurgeon or Kulikov that I really have interest in here. Fowler's point reliant. I don't know if they're going to get a bunch of goals here tonight. Um, Kulikov definitely can get the block bonus. And like Spurgeon's a guy, I know he's not on the top power play, but he doesn't need that uh, for fantasy value. So Spurgeon or Kulikov from the game for me. Yes, that is seven games, which means we have 14 goalies. But before we get to that, coming up right after, not right after us, at 445, we have the NBA Deeper Dive. Then we have NBA Live Before Lock. So if you're into NBA, we'll see you at 445 for that. Let's talk some goalies. Who are you liking? Uh, no one. <laughs> um yeah, I, like if you need a little bit of a contrarian play, I think King Carl Vimelka definitely always in play for me. Um, <clears throat> UC Saros, I guess, if you want to pay up a little bit. Um, I also think, like, I don't want to pay all the way up for Georgiev, but I think he's fine at 8400 Billy Huso, like, I think this is a cheap goalie night for me. It's like maybe taking Huso, maybe taking Jake Allen, maybe taking Vimelka. Like, there aren't a lot of guys in that. 8k plus range other than maybe sorrows that i'm really um attacking here yeah i like Georgiev for like cash games but for gpps my worry is two goals on 26 shots and getting the win like it's nice it's not going to kill you but i don't think it's going to be a gpp winning performance but again he, it's fine there yeah i i think you know it's probably just gonna vimelka is probably the spend down guy for me <clears throat> I don't know. There just isn't much like Jake Allen. I, I like Jake Allen's fine. Like all these cheap guys, it just it just is like putting Erica Branson into your lineup. You just got to plug your nose and do it. But, hey, good Branson got there last night. Yeah, he keeps doing it. I don't know. That's the funniest story of the season still. And he's actually for DFS. He's playing well. I don't know about his actual metrics, but anyway, who you like him for your hat trick pick? Uh. <sighs> I hate to say it, but I'm going to go to the Vegas game, even though he's going up against the goalie. I think I'm going to use tonight. I'm going to take Jonathan Marsh. So, okay, yeah, I think I think I'm going to use King Carroll as well. Going Jamie Ben. We'll go third. Right. Jamie Ooh, Ben. A little bit of spice there. I like it. <clears throat> yeah, we got to keep it up there. Since I can't take stands anywhere else, I'll take a spicy hat trick pick. So for some Kiff, <laughs> for some Cliffy, I am the coward, Josh Harris. We'll see you tomorrow. Uh, Thursday. We're here every day. Um, so yeah, click those links in the description. I want to see you guys in Discord. Say what's up. I came from YouTube. And then I'll be like, hey, 
what's up? And then we'll chat and we'll talk about rotisserie chicken. But anyway, have a great night, everyone. And we'll see you in Discord. Good luck, everyone. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.